Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Barstack found it hard to believe that this girl had helped him escape. Until he learned her reason. Moon of Memory by Bryce Walton. That's next on the Lost Sci-Fi Podcast. Bryce Walton made his first appearance on our podcast about a week ago. And he's back with an interesting tale of a criminal and his attempted escape from the prison on Mars. It was published in a magazine with a rather unusual name future combined with science fiction stories published in november 1950 let's go to page 68 moon of memory by bryce walton barstack walked the mile across the red martian plain he felt but little emotion as he reached the resort building and the sports rockets waiting on the other side he had to get one of those rockets and get to Deimos, or die trying. One would be about as good as the other. Then a slight tension grew in his stomach, and sweat began to run down under his helmet and pressure suit, down his sharp nose and the burned face, as he started directly for the sports rockets. He saw no one at all at first, then the gray-and-black uniformed cop not ten feet away. The cop's helmet tilted, and curious eyes studied Barstack. Barstack didn't wait for any further reaction. His face pulled into a tight, scarred grin as he fired. The kinetic energy release burned away the side of the cop's head. A scream floated past from some onlooker, intensified by the communicator in Barstack's helmet. Barstack ran. He was almost to one of the rockets. An exhilaration filled him. He sensed an alien thing. 
So, alien, freedom. Maybe freedom just for a while. Then he heard shouts and saw men running in like spokes into a wheel hub. He threw himself flat behind a loading truck someone had abandoned en route to a supply rocket. Super sun guns. They wouldn't kill him. Against the law to kill criminals in the new system. More civilized to turn men into zombies for the rest of their lives. In a mine three miles underground. They had to take him alive. A super sun gun put a man out of action fast. But it didn't kill him. Sound waves tuned right could crack a man's helmet open. In Martian atmosphere, that meant unconsciousness in a few seconds. If they got a line on him, he wouldn't have a chance to use his heat gun. He didn't intend to be taken. He'd get a few of them and then have enough heat left to turn on himself. Barstack shivered as part of the metal truck spanged and cracked like glass. They'd got a line on him all right fast. He fired, and three men turned into smoke and red steam. The others disappeared behind rockets, sleds, and outbuildings. They could take their time. A face appeared to his right, a man trying to edge away, but then he stopped. A tourist in a dude suit, all spangled and glittery, styled to the minute for Martian hunting. A face, young and pinched and shabby with fear. His arms dangled limply. His lips behind the helmet were tight with terror. Wait, his voice sounded through the communicator. Wait, please don't shoot, I'm unarmed, I won't. Barstack grinned. A gag. The guy took a step back and Barstack fired. A light charge right through the belly. The man folded to one side, his mouth stretching, closing, opening. He grasped his middle, and blood ran through his fingers. He was on his knees, raising a red hand. Wait! Don't! Barstack's next charge was heavier, and it took off the man's head and helmet in a burst of flame. Barstack was on his feet, long legs straining desperately, running. The sleek blue sports rocket slid across his path on its grav plates. Far beyond it rose the high-cubed buildings of the city of Sanskran, looking very near, although it was at least fifty miles away. A woman's face stared out at him through the rocket's translucent nose, a beautiful face inside a platinum helmet. Barstack didn't stop to think. He leaped upward swung himself to the top of the rocket's skin and pressed the stud that should open the cockpit. He grabbed desperately. He screamed as he felt his helmet crack. They'd gotten a line. The frigid cold clutched his face. He choked for oxygen, tried to yell. He staggered back and collapsed across the top of the rocket. He buried the opening on top of his helmet in his arms, released all available oxygen. It gave him a few seconds, but he couldn't move. He dimly saw the girl raise up through the cockpit. Nothing made any sense then. She had the heat gun in her hand and was firing. She was lifting him, throwing him over her shoulder, carrying him back toward the cockpit. 
In this light gravity, it wasn't a feat of strength, but it made no sense to Barstack. None at all. A woman he'd never seen saving him. For what? All the lights went out then. Barstack stopped being curious. It was very still, somewhere. Very still. Phobos' shine came in through the plastics of the rocket, and the controls were quiet in front of him. A dead sea bottom stretched away outside as far as anyone would want to see. Lichen and fungus, and a few of those big blind Martian beetles wandering, following the direction of the hurtling moon. And then Barstack saw Deimos rising shining like a monstrous beckoning firefly through the night. He felt a terrible lassitude. He just sat there, his head against the plastics, looking out. He knew he wasn't alone in the rocket, but he didn't look at who was beside him. He stared upward at Deimos. For ten years in that Martian prison for incorrigibles, he had planned escape. And the only escape was to Deimos. Once a man could escape into the unlimited expanse of the stars. But in the new system, the nets were too tight. The eerie light of the double moons bathed the rocket as the larger moon joined the smaller. Deimos was his only hope, if any remained. There, they said, a man neither lived nor died ever again. The Martians were kind, people said. But who really knew? The Martians had retired quietly to Deimos when the Earthmen came to Mars. They had a peculiar alien culture, nebulous and utterly inhuman, with their floating, wispy, mist-like shapes that suggested incomputable age Shapes the moons could shine through and their fog cities. No one bothered them on Deimos. A barren rock, even Earth companies, couldn't justify exploiting. But the Martians had peculiar abilities. Inhuman they were, but they seemed to have great influence over the human mind and the nervous system. On Deimos, it was said, there were dreams for a man who had nothing else. Anyone, even a man like Barstack, was safe on Deimos. Few ever came back from where only the lost went, and those who did come back, it was said, didn't remember. And for Barstack, certainly there was no place else to go. Now, through circumstances beyond him, he had a rocket. He was away from the cops and seemingly free. The girl, his helmet had been removed. Out of the corner of his eye, he watched the girl secretly in the other pilot seat, calmly smoking a paraette. Barstack saw the heat gun in her lap. He had a fondness for the weapon. It had taken him ten years to piece it together. The psych boys at the prison with their intricate scanners had made a mistake with Barstack. Maybe the only one they'd ever made since the new system. But even they weren't infallible. They hadn't uncovered his inventive ability, even though he'd always had it. 
They had put him in the shops down among the power tools and the atomic machines. Ten years was a long time to build a simple heat gun. It had taken patience. His hand darted out fast, hooked the heat gun from her lap. She gasped, then sank back again and looked at him. She wore the regular sports outfit, the helmet, the thigh boots. An expensive piece of blonde goods, very expensive, with an oval face and pointed chin, skin light and very clear. She gave him a slow, steady look that was like turning on a cyclotron. Her lithe figure reminded him. Sure, there'd been other, but so long ago. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You can put the gun away, she said calmly. Didn't I save your life? There may be trouble for me. But Daddy Sayers can always buy his daughter out of trouble. My name's Marion Sayers. Whatever it costs, the excitement's worth it. Sayers. When Barstack had been in prison ten years ago, Sayers had been one of the richest robber barons in the system. Probably the richest by now. What would Marion Sayers want with Barstack? She laughed. It had a wild, odd sound. Her face had a wild look, too. I heard someone say Barstack, she said, and then I had to get you out of there. Why? You were the most infamous man in history when I was a little girl. I used to dream about you, and all at once there was an old dream, and I could make it come true, so I did. All the credits in the world to spend and dying of boredom. I've tried everything and found nothing at all, Barstack. You've tried Demos? Even Demos. No one knowing, of course. But, well, they have some pretty interesting things, but still only dreams. This is reality, Barstack. Carl Barstack. I can call you Carl. I'll get out if you want, and you can take my rocket. But please, take me with you. The vital animal warmth of her reached out to him, and he put his arms around her and drew her close against him. He looked into her eyes, and it was as if he looked into a book that was forbidden to him because of hidden secrets. His pulse pounded. She watched him mutely. Only her parted lips trembled slightly. 
A small muscle at the corner of her mouth twitched. He slid his hands flat against her shoulders. Her lips parted, and her tongue touched them for a moment. They were wet and glistening, and she was firm and warm in his arms. Her head went back, and she shut her eyes. He kissed her. It was all right, he thought. Then he looked above her blonde hair. She was probably cracked somewhere upstairs, filled with phony dreams of adventure and glamour, and the devil knew what. Intrigued by the name of a guy who really didn't live anymore. Maybe she didn't know it. Didn't see the graying hair of him the way he saw it. Nor the face so scarred it couldn't register emotion anymore. And if nothing else, she was good for a hostage. It was still a long way up to Demos. Maybe we can get away, she whispered, her eyes closed. I mean, into space. Maybe you could do some of the things you did in the old days. We could live for a while. I heard that once you stopped a ship en route to Venus and lifted twenty billion in credits. Sure, he remembered. He smiled thinly, but he didn't say anything. He didn't tell her that the days of the bar stacks were gone for good. Finally, he said, Sure, you can come along, and thanks for the ride. He took the rocket up himself. They were pursued for a while, but the sports rocket was a lot faster than any cop wagon this side of Earth. Marion didn't seem to care when she saw he was heading for Deimos instead of outer space. He explained about the big nets out there and of how they'd have to figure out a way to get through. She kept looking at him with a kind of awe, her eyes wide and deeply dark. She talked about herself. We'll hole up here for a while, Barstack said. Maybe we can find a way through the nets. You, um, you don't have to stay. I'll stay with you, Carl, right to the end. You say you've been here to Demos before? She nodded, never taking her eyes from his hard, unemotional face. All my life, I guess I've been looking for something. Maybe I thought I'd find it on Demos. I didn't. I found release there. I can find real life with you. Maybe the kind that flames so high for a moment, but is worth a full lifetime of mundanity. I can find life with you, Carl, if you'll pardon my being so forward. Maybe it's death we're looking for, Carl. An escape from a system that's destroyed initiative. A system that's tied up the human heart in a bunch of laws and hooked them together into a big machine. Demos, a great barren rock, its soaring crags sharp as splintered steel, masses of shadow dark as death, and splashes of brilliant color. And you spotted one of those misty, foggy-looking Martian places here and there, wavering like something in a dream. From the time the rocket settled on its grav plates, from that moment on, things turned into a dream for Barstack. Marion seemed to know her way around. Not many had the guts to leave here once they came, but she had. A strong will there, an odd woman, 
one he would like to have known yesterday. There was the music and the vapor that lulled him into lethargy. Something like sleep, only it wasn't sleep. There seemed to be rooms, shifting, vague, translucent, and figures drifting like mist. He seemed to hear voices, but they were inside him, high, thin, like the sighing of plucked strings whispering in a low, dreaming, distant key. He heard Marion Sayer whisper, Might as well enjoy it while we're here. There are dreams here, many dreams, Carl. Any you want. Rest a while, Carl. Rest and sleep, and later we'll plan what to do. Yes, sure, he thought vaguely. That's why I'm here. No, not that. I'm here because this is the end of the rocky road, and no further for me. He was drifting, sinking away, floating. He dimly saw her face above him, disembodied, her eyes strangely bright. The Martians were masters of something called mnemonics, he knew that. Masters of mental probing and the digging out of memory. Hypnosis or something like that. But way beyond that. He was in a Martian city in a valley on Deimos somewhere in a building, in a room. But he would never know the real shape of it, or what it really was. Her voice whispered, Carl, they understand humans. They don't hate us. They understand us better than we will ever understand ourselves. They know what we really want deep inside, and they can give us whatever it is. Don't worry about anything, Carl. I was here for a while, and I know about the dreams. I'll fix everything for you. Fine, he murmured. He was lying somewhere. He was floating somewhere. It didn't matter where, not anymore. Far away, he heard her voice now. Were you ever happy, Carl? I don't remember. Happiness? He tried to laugh. Can't you remember happiness, Carl? He whispered to her of things he had forgotten. Shadows and shapes appeared in the cloudy whiteness, ghostly and strange. Wavering outlines darkened and altered. He remembered. He hadn't for a long time, but he did now. In the asteroids where his father had been a mucker, mining heavy beryllium, paired atom stuff, and his mother calling to him, and he was running, laughing. Happiness. That was a long time back, and that was where happiness ended. That was when the cops came and tried to take his father for mining illegally, and he had resisted. That was in the old system, and they'd shot him with an electron rifle, his body exploding spraying the cold rocks with red and awful memory, and his mother screaming and running, falling, drifting down a thousand feet into darkness, her screams fading, fading. Marion's voice came to him softly. Music sang, too, poignant, eerie, caressing, gentle, and indefinably sad. Poor Carl, she whispered. Poor Carl. 
Dimly, he saw her face, like a part of mist, and then he saw the gun reaching toward him out of the vapor. Instinctively, he started to reach for it, but he couldn't move. Drugged, he whispered. He felt very tired, tired and old. What's the play? What? I'm going to kill you, Carl. Kill me? I felt sorry for you. I still do, but not sorry enough. I decided to kill you back there on Mars, and then when you came here, I thought of something else. I thought you would reveal something, something that would justify what you are. There wasn't enough. You never had a chance, Carl. You knew happiness, but it was too long ago. We're alone in this room, left to our dreams. But I'm not dreaming. I wish I was, Barstack said. I thought that here something would show inside of you so I wouldn't hate you so much. But I do. I hate you more than I can tell you. But it's enough so that I have to kill you. Why? he whispered. I hate you so much that I wanted to kill you. I knew if the police got you, you wouldn't die. And I think death is a worse thing for you under the circumstances than to be returned to prison. So I got you out of there. I knew that sometime I would get a chance to kill you. So here it is. You're dreaming, Carl. But I'm not. I... All that? The things you said? You were lying? Partly. You were a romantic figure once, and what I said about myself, that was only the way it used to be. The Martians are therapists, in a way. If you want to leave, you can, but for most, the dreams are better. I left. I began to live then, Carl. I married two weeks ago. It was a beautiful thing for me. I loved my husband, but you wouldn't understand. You never got a chance to learn. My husband was the man you killed down there by the truck. Remember, Carl? The man who was unarmed? Who didn't know what it was all about? Who begged you not to kill him? We came to Mars for our honeymoon, Carl. I was waiting for him in the rocket. He was coming to meet me. Her finger moved. Her face tightened. But he didn't feel anything. He heard her muted cry, and then the voice, as the Martian he had seen only vaguely before, came back. The shape wavered ghost-like from the corner, and he heard the Martian again. This is not a place for the old emotions. There is no revenge here, no death. She screamed and screamed, her face twisting with hate. I want to kill him. Let me. Let me. The Martian's thoughts were so calm and gentle, so old and wise. Relax and sleep for a while. Maybe this time you'll want to stay with us here forever. She didn't answer. Barstack closed his eyes again. He had remembered happiness, felt it, re-experienced it. And now he didn't want to die. The Martian's thoughts were dimmer now, and Barstack drifted, 
and little fingers of crepuscular light fingered out toward him, alluring, disarming, and he drifted back, down the slide board of time where pain and ugliness were no longer. Far away, the Martian's voice, talking to Marion, perhaps. Barstack didn't know. Humans are sick. The sickest ones eventually come here. More and more will come. Someday, perhaps, we can help all of you find your way backward or forward to happiness and out of the old seas of pain. Sleep, both of you, sleep. There is only the happiness that was, or that might have been. There is no more pain. And then Barstack was with his father again, running down the steep slope under the bright promising light of a million stars, frosty and marvelously clear. His father was laughing. His own wild, abandoned joy as he ran beneath the cloud rifts where the sunlight showed, brightening the ragged tops of the asteroid's great metal mountains. He heard his mother calling to him, and he ran faster. Next on the Lost Sci-Fi Podcast, only when the last man died would the dim wastes of Asmarad be less lonely. Metamorphosis by Mike Curry. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.